0: Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> say to your neighbor, the night is coming. The night is coming. Say, say the night is coming. You know, I, I believe that the Lord is speaking to us. He has been speaking to us. He's been speaking to us for the past one week. And if anything, in the next few minutes as we share, I think it is a charge for each and every one of us that we we need to move from a place of procrastination. We need to to get up and act. We need to work. We need to do what God is calling us to. Praise the Lord. Um, Proverbs 26, 13 says, you know, the lazy person claims there's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. What are the excuses we give? What is the reason we give? Proverbs 24, verse 33 and 4 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. Poverty will come like a thief and scarcity like an armed man, like a robber. What what are excuses? What stops us? from doing what we need to do. I'm going to read from John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. And we'll just take a few points from there before we're today's service. John chapter 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. It says, Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated "Sent." So he went and washed and came back seeing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So just, just like I said, a few, a few points from this passage, you know, Jesus Jesus was walking. The disciples must have noticed that possibly Jesus was looking at this blind man, because that, that was what started the conversation. They must have noticed Jesus looking at the blind man, and they were like, "You know, who sinned? Was it him? Was it his parents? Something must have happened. Something must have gone. And if we if we think about it, so often in life, we all make we 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 can be presumptuous. We we all. I remember reading somewhere as a young kid something that said that assumption makes an ass of you and me. To assume. Sometimes we we, we assume things. And we see it, we look at it in the physical, it looks like, oh, this is wrong. This something is going wrong. You must have done something bad. Well, that is not, I mean, it's not always the case. They saw this blind guy, blind from birth. Could he have committed a sin who was born blind? Maybe not. Possibly they were thinking it's the parents, you know, the, the sins of the father or the parents being visited on the child. We see that in the old testament. And they were thinking, so really, who sinned? Was it the parent? Was it the child? And Jesus said, no, neither of them. But the situation was like that, so that God may be glorified. Amen. Sometimes things things happen. You know, things happen. Bad things happen. Things happen. And it's not because of what you've done wrong. It's not because of what I've done wrong. It's because God has a purpose and God will be glorified through those things. And this was one such instance. You, you think about Job. Classic example. There's no way anyone in the flesh would have seen Job. The Bible says that it was in Job 2.7 that Job was covered from the crown of his head to, you know, to the sole of his feet or from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. That's how Job 2.7 puts it. That it was covered in sores. And you think for someone's circumstances to undergo such a rapid change. Things were well, it was flourishing. And all of a sudden, everything went. Not only did everything go, his body was afflicted. Can you you blame Job's friends for thinking, man, you've done something wrong. You know, bad things don't just happen to good people. But there was a purpose. There was a purpose in that situation. We all know, we all know the end of Job. Things, you know, worked out for his good. So they, they asked Jesus, you know, whose sin was it? And Jesus said, Neither of them. You know, but this, this has happened because God wants to reveal himself. That's verse three. But it's it's interesting that Jesus then goes in verse four. And uh, you kind of wonder, what is the correlation? Is there any correlation between who sinned? Is it the parents? Is it, you know, the man himself? To verse four, which says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And I think the, thank God for, for Sunday school. And uh, thank you for, the point about purpose. You know, for Jesus to say, I must work the work of him who sent me. How can you work? The first question is, what is the work of him that sent Jesus? Because I I cannot work if I don't know what I'm meant to do. So I need to have an understanding of what I'm called to, right? Again, in Sunday School, we're talking about being entrepreneurial. It is not enough for you to think about something. It's not enough for you to be creative. What are you doing with it? What is the purpose? Jesus Christ said that he, you know he had to do the work of him who sent him. So, what was the work I was commissioned to Christ? You know, in John twenty twenty one, Jesus Christ, to, you know. Prior to his ascension, he said that peace to you, as the father sent me, I also send you. As the father sent me, I also send you. So we know that Jesus Christ was sent for a purpose. You look at John three seventeen. It says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might what, be saved. So the, the purpose of Jesus Christ coming for being sent was so that the world might be saved, right? We know Acts ten thirty eight that talks about how Jesus Christ was anointed. You now he went about doing good because God was with him. So the father sent the son so that the world through him might be saved. The son said that as the father sent me, so I send you. So the commission for us, our primary commission is to aid in the mission of the son, the continuity of that mission that the world might be saved. So we we all have that general calling, but we also have specific callings. There's some things God has made, you know, just for you. There are things God has called you to do, you to do. That's different from me. Yes, we're all to preach the gospel, we're all to populate the kingdom. But what else has God commissioned into your head? Jesus Christ said, I must do the work of him that sent me. And I think that's a question we should all ask ourselves uh, or a statement we should all proclaim. I have to do the work of the one that sent me. So what has Jesus Christ asked you to do generally and specifically? I think that, that's, that's the first thing. Are you clear? Do you have insight? Do you have an understanding of what God wants you to do? I, I always use this, this phrase because I heard it once. I thought it was so nice. It says, you know, if you flow with the wave, you'll eventually reach the beach. And I used to say it a lot. You flow with the wave, you'll reach the beach. But then I, I thank God for insight. But the wave comes and goes. So if you go with the wave, you may end up nowhere. You may end up nowhere. You just be going all over the place. Today, the, the waves and the wind will carry you towards North America. The next thing it's moving you towards the you know, Europe and then to South and then the North. So where exactly are you meant to be? Do you have a clear understanding of your purpose? Do you have a clear understanding of your specific calling? I know we all know that we're Christians where, you know, God has saved us to serve. And I like to believe that we are, we are serving him. But how are you doing it? Are you, are you doing it as he's asked you to do it? The, the second part of that statement, it says, while it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. So I must do the works of him that sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming when no one, no one, me, you, all of us, the night is coming when we can't work. Again, thank God for last week's Sunday school. And I liked Shimon's version of the Bible. I'm not sure what version it was, but you know, we read Ecclesiastes chapter 12. That talked about remembering the Lord God you know, in the days of your youth. And that, that, that version, the first time I read it, that it really struck me. I read it in the amplified version, and you know, it it broke it down, talking about you know the various things, the like the almond tree being grey here, the the windows, the eyes. I I would encourage us to you know, for one of time we we wouldn't, but you know, I'll encourage us to read it, read it in the amplified version, read it, read the new living translation, because there are possibly in English you might call them what's Are they metaphors or whatever? You know, essentially, some of those phrases are representations of our body. So it talks about the silver cord of life being broken. It talks about, you know, the the windows. I think that was a reference to the eyes. Um, It talks about, yeah, the clouds. You're talking about clouds of depression, rain of tear, um, the, the, the keepers of the house, the hands and the arm that become feeble. Talks about the strong men, the feet and the knee. He talks about the grinders, the teeth. I, I remember my, my grandmother. It got to a point in time. Actually, it, was, it wasn't my grandmother, it was my great aunt. My grandmother was older, but she had a full set of teeth. And my great aunt, there was not a single one. So you, you can imagine it. kids, we used to laugh at her. But you know, when she's talking and she's, the mouth, I'll leave that to your imagination. But you, it gets to a point in time when, even some of us say we're not old, but because of sweets and everything. I'm just doing a quick count. I mean, I've had two teeth removed. And quite a few feelings. God will help me. I'm, I'm working on it. I've stopped eating too many sweets now. But, you know, we, we get older, some teeth fall out, and you see some people, that's, that's how they are. And whether we like it or not, my wife and I, we were talking yesterday. By the grace of God, she, she's getting she's getting on in yes, She's going to be 45. She, she doesn't feel old. And I, see, I keep saying, you know, we need to stop deceiving ourselves, whether we like it or not. I said, even if we ask our parents that they feel young. However, my grandfather, when he was 90 something on his deathbed, my dad asked, he said, Baba, is it time? And I said, No, it's not time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was it. It was like, Baba, shuti, ya. Hiti, ya. Hiti, ya. this was a few days before he died. The old man, and he was wheezing. But it was like, it's not yet time. And like, I think that that is the reality. However old we get, we still feel, yeah, we've got it. We can do it. But if we're, if we're being real with ourselves, the things we were doing 10, 20 years ago, can we still do it with the same Vigo? That's That's just the truth. That's just the truth. And you can imagine as we advance advancing years, and that was what the preacher was talking about. When we've got the strength, when we've got it, let's do it. And when Jesus said the night is coming when no man can work, was he talking about the literal night? We know that people go to work at night. There's some people that do night shifts. It was talking, it was a figurative statement. There's a time that will come. Now, if Christ delays his coming, our prayers will all grow up to be, you know, old age in strength in the mighty name of Jesus. But there will come a time when, you know, the Lord will say, all right, time up. So each and every one of us, our night time will be different if Christ tarries. And we'll go, and, you know, the Bible says that there's no work in the grave. The, The time we have to work is now. The time we have to do anything is now. Again, I don't know. I think the old sermon was just preaching. I think we read Ecclesiastes 9.10 during the sermon. It says, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. The night is coming. The night may come sooner for some than others. But the Lord said that he must do the works. And some version says, I must do the work of him that sent us. For the night is coming when no one, no man will work. So we have that collective calling. And what work are we going to do? What are we going to do? We cannot, we cannot wait till our night time to say we're going to get active. We need to stop procrastinating. What is it that we need to do? <coughs> I'm going to end on this. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said, I have fought the good fight. How many of us, if God were to take us right now, can say, I have fought the good fight? And if we live to be a hundred years by his grace, even at then, would we be able to say, I have fought the good fight? I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Think that, that is, honestly, that, that is my challenge to each and every one of us. Are we fighting that good fight? If Christ comes right now, would he say, yes, well done, good and faithful servant? Would he say, you've done, you've done what I've asked you to do? Or are we like that lazy man, that slugger, that saying, you know what? There's a lion running out there. What excuses are we giving? for not doing what God has asked us to do. And are we getting distracted? We prayed about distractions. What is distracting us? What are we prioritizing? For some of us, yes, thank God for the spirit of, you know, for entrepreneurship. For some of us, it's it's about how much money we can make. When we make that money, what then? Because the, the money doesn't, you know, it doesn't guarantee happiness. There, there's so many rich folks that are miserable. So why, why is it all about you know money 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 money? You know, say we can't we can't serve God and Mammon. Godliness with contentment. Great gain. Are we are we content with the little? Are we seeking God's kingdom first? Are we prioritizing God? Are we prioritizing the things of God? And that's what we need to be doing. Is it the promotion we're chasing? You get the first degree. You get the second degree. You get the third degree. You get the second PhD. I know someone that has three PhDs and I'm thinking, why on earth? The wisest man. He said, vanity of vanity. You know, everything is vanity. Grasping after the wind. Okay, so you make your first million. Then you want to make the second. Then you want to make the third. And then you want to make 100 million. And then you want to become a billionaire. You become the CEO of the company. Then you want to take over another company. What has God called you to do? Is that what God has asked you to do? (laughs) I want to see my children through school. Is that what God has asked you to do? Because if that is it, fine. But be clear, that is what God is asking you to do. Shall we rise to pray? The night is coming. The night is coming. I just want you to pray for yourself even as we, you know, we close this service. Jesus Christ said that I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. Because the night is coming when no man, no one can work. There will come a time when we cannot work. Are we working the works? Are we doing the works of the one that has sent us? And we said, are you clear? First and foremost, are you even clear on what God wants of you? If you're in that position and you're thinking, I don't even know what God wants of me. Why don't you just pray to the Lord and ask him to to brand you insights? Asking to speak expressly to you. Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, I'm listening. I'm willing to listen to hear what you would have me do. It was the prophet Habakkuk that said that, you know, that, it, you know, it was sit on the ramparts and, and listen and hear what God would say. Are you hearing? Are you listening to what God is saying to you? Or are you getting distracted by all sorts? and peradventure you know what God wants of you you know what God wants of you specifically are you doing that work in your daytime? because the night is coming when you would not be able to do it you know the, the preacher says that all these you know, pleasures, the physical pleasures, that they'll come in time when you say we do not have any pleasure in them, is that when we're going to be doing the work of the one that sent us lord help me that when I still have my strength to work for you to do your bidding that which you would want me to do not another man's calling but that which you've called me to do to be steadfast to be faithful In Jesus' name, we pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word to us this afternoon. We pray, O oh Lord, that for each and every one of us, that this word will not stand against us in judgment. Whatever it will take, O oh God, whatever we need to let go, whatever we need to leave behind, to press forward towards that mark on the eye calling. Spirit of God, we ask that you will help us. Whatever challenges we might be facing, your word says that you will not allow us to be tempted above more than we're able to bear. But with every temptation, you will make a way of escape. Whatever that interest, whatever it is that is stopping us, we ask, oh God, that the way of escape will be clear so that we can begin to press on, so that we can accomplish that which you've called us to do. That, Lord, in our daytime, none of us will be like the lazy man. None of us will be like the sluggard, but we'll do what you've asked us to do in Jesus' name. We'll not faint, we'll not grow weary in the mighty name of Jesus' Lord, even as we go about your business, oh Lord, that you look favorably upon us. And that Lord, on the last day, whether it is the collective last day or our personal last day, when the night comes, that you will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. So shall it be for us in Jesus' name. Dear God, we pray that as we go into this new week, that Lord, you go before us all that we need to do. Spirit of God, we pray for guidance. We pray for direction that will not walk and will not work outside of your will in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, that testimonies will abound for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. For every day of this week, till we gather like this again, next week we'll have reasons to rejoice in the mighty name of Jesus' We give you all the praise, Heavenly Father, for we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we share the grace and fellowship? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Have an awesome week.